The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hackey Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. And today we're honored to have Dr. Lori Butts. Not only is Dr. Lori Butts a great forensic psychologist, not only is she an attorney, not only is she the past president of every kind of organization you can think of to do with psychology and law and forensics, but she's also a board member of Different Brains. Welcome, Dr. Lori Butts. Thank you, Hacky. Always enjoy being here. Now, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience properly because they don't know you like I know you for 100 years. Uh, I can't do it any better than you just did. I'm an attorney and a psychologist. I practice mainly as a forensic and clinical psychologist, which means I, um, I help people and I also do evaluations for courts. I thought what might be cool is to have you, for us, do something that confuses me greatly. Okay. I want to discuss things that make something a disorder as opposed to just eh, something. Um, can you uh, define for the audience, what is a disorder in your mind? Well, it's not in my mind, it's in diagnostic books. So right. it, in order to be a disorder, it ha there has to be an impairment in functioning. So, and, and that's important because I think the more people get um, educated about mental health issues and things like that. People throw around things like, oh, I have this. The one that I hear the most, I think is, oh, I've got OCD. And, um, I hear that all the time. And, and, and because somebody's organized <laughs> does not mean they actually have a disorder, um, because people like something a certain way. And that doesn't mean it's a disorder. That means that they may have, you know, or, uh, anywhere, you know, we talk about a spectrum, right? So on a spectrum of, of, of things, it, it, it only becomes a disorder when it, in, it's an impairment in functioning. It's an, it, it's, it's negatively impacting someone's life to be highly organized. is not necessarily an impairment. Um, it's actually adaptive and helpful, especially in certain kinds of careers and certain kinds of, you know, busy people. Um, it actually is very adaptive where it becomes maladaptive um, and problematic, that's when it starts getting close to being a disorder. Very interesting. Um, it's kind of like when I was in medical school 100 years ago, that the, the definition of an alcoholic was somebody who had a miswork, messed up their lives and stuff like that, as opposed to by how much they drink. Right, right. You and I both know some people who drink a lot and they function very well. Correct. Correct. And that's, you know, what we colloquially call a functioning alcoholic, right? Yeah. So, um, so again, it all depends. It depends on if it's interfering in it. You know, some people work in the alcohol business. And so drinking more than a normal person is part of their job description. Um, so it becomes very murky um, in, in those situations on what, yeah. what, where is impairment? Getting back to your example of, let's use the example you used, OCD. Okay. Um, 
I want to know if you believe in what I do, which is using OCD. I don't know anybody who's a champion at anything who does not have what I call, and it might be a misnomer, and you can straighten me out if it is, I call they have OCD traits that help them do what they do. Um, but it's not a disorder, it's just. And, 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 and people have traits of all kinds of personality um, disorders and people have traits of all, kind, um, all kinds of different things. And, and certainly, um, I don't, you know, depending on the situation, I don't think that's inappropriate. Um, I think that's a way to communicate um, that people can agree upon. Like when you say you've got OCD traits, I think everyone kind of understands what you're, it's a shorthand. Everyone knows what you're talking about. Somebody that's highly organized, you know, they're detail oriented, things like that. So it's a shortcut to explain um, how you see that person is, is high functioning in an organized fashion. I, I, I wish that I had those traits. I'd probably be way more successful <laughs> um, as much as I try. <laughs> what would you say to someone who feels that they need the help of a psychologist, but they're afraid of the stigma and they're just afraid to go? I would say that psychologists is going to a psychologist is non-judgmental zone. Um, it's an, a warm environment. Um, please, you know, talk to, if you're embarrassed to talk to friends about getting a referral, um, you know, call a few offices, see what your comfort level is. Obviously now with telehealth, um, it's more accessible, I think, for people that are afraid to walk in the office or, or go to a waiting room. Um, and so, you know, check out people's websites and see look at people's backgrounds and, and understand that, that psychologists want to help. They don't want to judge. They don't want to um, do anything negative, but, um, but, and you don't have to be in therapy forever. Uh, and if you go to somebody and you don't like them, you can go someplace else too. Um, if you don't have a good feel for them. So you you're in control of the situation and um, a lot of people are struggling and it's a, it's a, it's a great space to just focus on yourself and just do something positive for yourself, whether it's for one hour or whether it's 10 hours, you know, just, just do one thing for yourself. It's an hour out of your life. And, and hopefully you'll realize that it's going to be something that's helpful and beneficial for you. What would you say to someone who might be afraid of getting a diagnosis and they're apprehensive? What would you tell them? I think, I think most, you know, unfortunately the insurance, the insurance is really the driver of the diagnosis. Um, and most, most psychologists that I know, it's not about the diagnosis. It's about the, the issues that are presenting themselves and how those issues are impacting someone's life. So it, it's, about, it's about resolving problems and help, helping somebody uh, cope better, problem solve better, um, feel better. And it's, it's not about the diagnosis because the diagnosis is, is pretty 
tangential um, to what's actually happening. But unfortunately, the way, you know, the model is, is insurance-based reimbursement on a diagnosis. What has changed in your world and in the world of mental health with this onset of COVID? So much has changed. Um, I do all of my evaluations and therapy sessions remotely now. Um, and it, the access to care is really increased um, because, you know, in South Florida, transportation is a big issue. And, um, and so it's cut out the transportation, the drive time, um, that barrier. Um, and, and people are comfortable in their homes and they're actually more comfortable to talk about personal things from the setting of their own home, um, as opposed to sitting in a room um, in an office someplace, uh, especially younger, the young, younger generation people. Um, they do everything online. And, um, and so it's just kind of melding into um, to people's lives much easier and more, like I said, more accessibility. And, and um, I think, you know, there's a piece that, that gets lost being in the room, but I think I, I'm biased. I think that that uh, the accessibility portion of it outweighs that. There are other people that um, would disagree, and and everybody's different. There's a lot of people that would prefer to come in person and feel like it's more um, focused and less distractions, and you can open up more. Um, but then there's some people that are more comfortable. So it's giving it's, it's giving more opportunities uh, for people to get access to care. So it's I think it's great. In your profession, what was the biggest thrill that you ever had in your work? The biggest thrill I've ever had in my work is seeing somebody who um, somebody succeed. And um, and so I deal with a lot of clients that have a high risk um, backgrounds, have committed serious crimes and um, people that actually succeed and move past that and have happy, positive, productive lives. That's that's beyond rewarding and thrilling for me. We are so lucky here at Different Brains that you are the co-host of our audio podcast focused on autistic women, spectrumly speaking, along with the wonderful self-advocate Haley Moss, who does it all. How has that been for you so far? It's been great. It, it's been such a wonderful experience. Haley's enthusiasm um, is just inspiring. Uh, and she's just, uh, she's so eager to learn. And the people that we interview are, have so much to contribute. And they just open up my mind to so many wonderful areas that are, you know, not usually on, on my radar, my everyday life. And they just really, uh, uh, the next person, and I, I probably sound like a, um, a broken record during our podcast because every week I'm 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 impressed with whoever we're speaking to. We, they're just amazing people. It's just it's wonderful. What's one thing you've learned by doing a podcast? To not listen to myself afterwards. <laughs> I laugh way too much. Um. <laughs> I think it's part of your charm. Um, Let's talk a little bit about 
who your your greatest mentors have been in your career. Okay. Who who comes to mind? John Spencer. John Spencer, my friend John Spencer, may he rest in peace. Yes. Yes. Tell us what made him so special in the field of forensic psychology. You know, he's just so brilliantly smart. Um, he could read, read a person, read a transcript, read a psychological test and make it um, understandable and see all the nuances in whatever, you know, stimuli we're talking about and be able to process it and remember it and, um, and then articulate why that was an important piece. So um, being a forensic psychologist, you have to really look at the details um, and, 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 and the other piece is his ability to storytell um, was, I, I just, I don't, another trait I do not have. Um, and so he could tell a story and convey sometimes very complex, um, distill complex information, tell a story and make it completely understandable. Uh, and it, it was just, I mean, remarkable on a daily basis. Just amazing. He was a remarkable, remarkable guy. Yeah. Sure. And helped a lot of people. Yeah. Um, What would you say to someone in our audience who's thinking of going into the field of psychology or the field of law or combining them as you have in the field of forensic psychology? What would you tell them? I would tell them before they embark on such a long educational expensive endeavor to really shadow somebody, um, follow someone to see what it's really like on a day-to-day -day basis because it's a big investment financially, time-wise. Um, and, and if you come out on the other side and it's something that you're, you know, you realize that you didn't want to do, or there was a part about it that wasn't interesting and maybe you should have done something else, you're already way down that track. And um, and and that's not a good place to be in down that career path once you've done all that investment. So definitely mentor shadow different people doing different things. Um, and different aspects of what you're interested in. And that way you can really say, I mean, that's not for me or yes, that's exactly what I'm committed to. And that's what I want to do and, and be focused and driven uh, to reach that goal. Great advice. Always shadow if you can. I remember there was one uh, a young woman was uh, graduating high school and going into college and her whole, she was at the Hacky Reitman Boys and Girls Club and she, her whole life, she wanted to become a surgeon. And she told that to us down at the Boys and Girls Club. And I said, well, why don't you shadow somebody to see what it's really like? And she said, could I shadow you? I said, well, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, but you can. And she shadowed me for a couple of weeks. And when she was awarded a scholarship to go off to college that she earned at the Boys and Girls Club, when she was giving her acceptance speech, she said, I especially want to thank Dr. Reitman because my whole life I wanted to become a surgeon and I shadowed him for two weeks and I'm going to be enrolled at FSU in criminology. 
And it was great because she didn't she didn't want to be a doctor. It sounded cool. Right. You right. know, and you could go down that path of pre-med and everything else. And my God, it's a 15-year investment and for right. something you don't want to do. Right. You and I both know people who got into careers that they don't like. Right. And as we tell our wonderful neurodivergent interns here at different brains. Find something you like. We'll help you find something you like. Get some exposure. Shadow people in different areas. Um, can you talk a little bit about how your experience has been as a mentor and board member uh, here at Different Brains? Sure. It's been amazing. I, again, the inspiration, it's my area, my my professional life that brings me the most inspiration uh, because it's just uh, what, what these interns and, and what the organization is doing to help people. It's, it's, it's just inspirational. I can't think of another word, a, a better word, um, uh, the, to see the progress, to see the, the different diverse, um, products that the interns create and their creativity and their commitment and, and how they go from, um, you know, having communication problems or socialization problems to just blossoming. It's, it's, it's out of this world. It's wonderful. It's really wonderful. And they're all smarter than me. And I tell you, seeing them and we've got, uh, we've got one in medical school, two are going to go to medical school, one working as an EMT. Everybody's going on to bigger and better things. Uh, um, but the important thing is, is that they're, they're getting their confidence in this world. Right. And, and uh, uh, confidence is very underrated. And a lot of times there's nobody at home to give them the pat on the back. They don't happen to have the teacher like you and I may have had who encouraged you right. and said, you can do this. Unlike right. my high school advisor who told me, you're never going to get into the six-year medical program. You got expelled in the first grade. You got expelled in the 10th grade. Pick something else. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky for me. Lucky for me. What was it like being, uh, um, and what were you able to do as a past president of the Florida Psychological Association? Um, it was challenging. Um, There's a lot of transitions in the organization during the time during my tenure, and um, and it was a, it was implementing a lot of uh, changes, transitions, setting a course um, for more financial stability, more um, uh, organizational stability. And moving it forward, so it was a it was a pretty challenging experience. Rewarding, very rewarding, um, but but challenging in that um, we it was at a, a a crossroads time for the organization. And now every you know we're doing great, and there's a lot of advocacy um, that the Florida Psychological Association does, um, and it requires um, you know uh, psychologists across the state to be active and um, to help in lobbying efforts where different um, different legislative uh, policies are being made um, that impact mental health issues or the practice of psychology. Um, and so we're at the forefront of that in, in the state and that's a, a big undertaking. 
Well, that's very well said. Uh, for those in our audience who might be interested in a career path, let me just recite some of the educational pathways that you embarked upon to become a psychologist and an attorney. Um, after graduating from Clemson University with honors, Dr. Butts received her law and doctoral psychology degrees from the innovative jointly sponsored program by Villanova School of Law and MCP Hahnemann University Department of Clinical Psychology. Dr. Butts completed her internship in clinical and forensic psychology at New York University School of Medicine, Bellevue Hospital, and Kirby Forensic Psychiatric Hospital. She fulfilled her residency requirements at CFR, where she was trained by the aforementioned Dr. John A. Spencer. May he rest in peace. A great teacher and a great mentor. And a great friend. Was. So we're just letting our audience know not to discourage them, but it's a big undertaking. <laughs> it's a big undertaking. And but along the way, you might choose other pathways. We have uh, one intern, Sarai, who was going to become a uh, obstetrician gynecologist, but she also wanted to start a family and do other things. And guess what? She's been accepted into the physician's assistant program at Nova Southeastern, and she's going to save about 10 years you know, right. <laughs> and, and still be able to practice almost as a doctor, the right. way the, the, the world is changing. And so that comes back to one of our mentors, Bernie Carsonell, always saying to me, what are you trying to accomplish, Hacky? <laughs> Don't ask me these hard questions. <laughs> Don't ask me these hard questions. I think that's said at least <laughs> once a board meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it always makes me, uh, always makes me think. Um, many of our interns... Um, are going on to such uh, such good such good things along the way, and I want to thank you for all you've done to help different brains, help our interns, uh, help in all the production of the media we do and everything else. It's been really great, and it's so kind of you to volunteer to do that. So I thank oh, thank you. you for getting me involved. It's it's been an honor, and it's like I said, it's the one piece of my professional life that's just beyond inspirational. So it's so heartwarming and and it's just everything's so positive about it. It's wonderful. Well, Dr. Lori Butts, CEO and president of the Clinical and Forensic Institute known as CFI, the psychologist, the attorney, the board member at Different Brains. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Hacky. Always a pleasure. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org.